Hello, this is Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. Welcome back to my show, Garden of Eden. It's Garden of Eden and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden. <laughs> today with me is Brad Gillis, co-founder and CEO of Homegrown. Homegrown is a sustainable sandwich shop. Um, it's a chain that offers healthy sandwiches, salads, and bowls using organic and mostly locally sourced ingredients. He's also a Mercer Island High School alumni. Mr. Gillis, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it and I'm glad to connect with uh, back with MIH uh, student body. Yeah, um, so from what I found online, you majored in environmental studies and geology at Bowdoin. When did you become interested in the environment? And then was there like a particular moment in studying the environment that shaped your values and in turn led you to start Homegrown? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I So growing up, I was kind of always interested in nature and I spent a lot of time outdoors. In high school, I did a ton of fly fishing kind of in the Pacific Northwest, spent most of my weekends traveling around with a good buddy doing that. So naturally I kind of developed a sense of stewardship for the environment. And then um, just during the college selection process, I uh, felt really excited when I got to Bowdoin uh, and toured it the first time, just cause it was, you know, kind of connected to nature a little bit out in a, a bit more of a rural place than I was used to. So that was, that just kind of led me down the path of kind of continuing my, you know, passion for nature and the environment. And then, um, you know, in school, I always knew that I wanted to, not always, but I, I did, when I got to college, I realized I wanted to be in, in environmental studies. And um, ultimately, just to be a great environmental studies program at Bowdoin and went down that path. So no real aha moment, more just like a lifelong passion um, for getting outdoors and the environment. I think what kind of transitioned a little bit for me more was on the food side. Um, mm -hmm. I had always been exposed to really good food. My mom was a really good cook. Um, so I got to, and she had a huge garden growing up. So I got to experience that, but it wasn't really until kind of the later part of college where I started to kind of develop that passion and, um, you know, realized that there's a lot of improvement that needs to be had and still is in the food system. And, and mm -hmm. that's kind of why we went down the path of homegrown, a, a way to you know, kind of focus uh, both my passion on food and the environment, but also a way to make make a positive difference. Okay, wow. I think it's super cool that you cared about the environment from a, a young age. And I also think something interesting is the the contrast in sustainable food options now versus probably when, when you were younger. And I'm wondering, do you remember what the food choices were like, even just on Mercer Island, when it came to organic and sustainable options? When you went to the grocery store at QFC, could you buy organic produce when you wanted to get a sandwich? Like, yeah. could you get a, uh, what sandwich did you get? I mean, honestly, I don't really recall because I didn't do like much grocery shopping <laughs> uh, at the time. But, you know, from a food option standpoint, yeah, on Mercer Island at the time, there wasn't a lot um, that was local. You know, it was more chain restaurants. Um, well, not necessarily chain restaurants, but just... Not, not what it is today. And I mean, still Mercer Island is not a place with a ton of food food options, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't recall on the organic or local piece, uh, but I definitely can speak to the fact that like, even since we started Homegrown, which is 12 years ago now, how that, how, 
how just the whole food system has changed and progressed. Like when we started, there weren't a lot of fast casual restaurants. Like fast casual restaurants were kind of not even really a thing yet, um, but there weren't really many focused on the environment that we were. Um, so we were really trying to do something at the time that, that there was no roadmap for. Um, really, we, we were acting more like a fine dining restaurant trying to sell it at a, um, you know, fast casual or, or like fast food price point. Um, so that was, that's definitely changed a lot now. And our supply chain's gotten a lot easier to source and find products that we, that we can stand behind. Uh, versus at the beginning, it was much more difficult. Yeah. Um, I can see how that would be super difficult. And I think on that grain, talking about the homegrown farms and sourcing your ingredients and things that you use in the products on the menu. Can you speak a little bit more on that um, and the decision that you made to open your own homegrown farms? Yeah, I think it was just a natural extension kind of of what we're trying to do. I mean, um, you know, to be 100% open, like we, we don't source all of our products from that farm. It's really impossible to do so um, mm -hmm. for, for our scale. Um, you know, we, when we sell things like avocados, right, all year round, those are not coming from Washington ever. Um, but it's just been a natural extension of like what, what we stand behind as a company. And it's really been a good tool um, in the past as a way to uh, really get our employees more engaged with the food system, um, getting our employees out to the farm to, to really see what it's like uh, to, to grow food in the way that we stand behind and get our hands dirty and kind of connect connect our employees to the, the food system really, as opposed to just being a consumer. Because um, mm -hmm. a lot of people, I mean, most people can go through their, you know, entire career and life without getting their hands dirty and kind of understanding the process. They're just used to going to the grocery store to get their, get their food, right? Um, so that's, that's been great. Uh, a great part of our business is something that our employees really enjoy. Um, yeah, wow. I. I like that idea of connecting the consumer to, to what they're consuming, um, making the people a part of it. I, I feel like Homegrown has built this identity of being so sustainable and community focused and also having really, really good sandwiches and other food. Um, but Homegrown also has this side of being really aesthetically pleasing <laughs> and appealing to a very specific demographic of people. Um, and everything is super um, tasteful uh like you when you walk in it's all it's all the tray that you get the silver tray you get the wood on the counters the homegrown logo even your vans that have like this beautiful green color with this awesome logo um what was it like to build that brand identity and how involved were you in the decisions made um so i mean starting out it was i started homegrown with a really good friend of mine ben friedman who also is an mihs alum and so at the beginning, you know, it was 100% every decision. It was both of us sitting down at the table and hammering out what we were going to do. Um, over time, we kind of gradually parted. You know, you have to have a division of labor at some point. And Ben's really the one responsible for the aesthetics. He was a marketing major. He's um, the driving, was the driving force uh, behind all of those kind of aesthetic decisions. Uh, food was always something that the sourcing and the taste was always something that we came together on. And that was kind of where we shared uh, the decision-making. Um, and now we have a, a, one, a wonderful executive chef that does all of the 
menu creation and curation. Uh, and, and it also kind of helps us stick to our sourcing standards. I mean, I still get, I still am fortunate enough to get final say in the food stuff, which means I get to taste a lot of new products and be a part of the decision-making process. But we've got it down to a point where, um, you know, I, I, our chef really knows what we like as a company and, and doesn't take very long for her to come up with a new menu idea. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So if, if we have um, Ben Friedman on the side of being more in charge of the aesthetics and you have um, a chef now who interprets your ideas and creates this menu, what would you say your main role is as CEO of Homegrown? Um, what do you think your, if, if he's on more of the market, if Ben's more on the marketing side or Mr. Friedman? Well, yeah. And I mean, he's, he's, he's no longer at the company. So he left me three or four years ago. Um, so we now at the company, we have also a VP of product um, who's in charge, uh, kind of manages the whole product portfolio. Um, and then on my side, I mean, really just all the businessy type stuff, right? All the HR, all the finance. And we've also really expanded our reach in the last three years. We have uh, made a couple acquisitions. So we're no longer just homegrown, um, right? We have HAPS on Mercer Island, right? That was kind of a passion project for me. Um, getting that up and running. It's been fun for us. And then we also have a wholesale product line where we sell like grab and go food. Um, and that not under the home run name, but very similar sourcing standards sourcing. Uh, and, and that product line is sold, um, you know, in like hospitals, college campuses, uh, everywhere from basically like Everett down to Portland. So I've been more kind of focused on, you know, expanding the business in that way. Um, we, Starting out, we always had an idea or we're just always really been passionate about, um, you know, having market driven changes, right? So it's one thing to say, hey, we're going to go donate a bunch of money and we're going to plant trees or something. But um, what we really, you know, what I'm really passionate about is let's create products that are aligned with what we want to see a change in the world and in the food system, create, make those products really desirable and kind of grow with purpose in that way so that we have um, really our consumers are leading the charge and creating that demand, which ultimately is going to make, you know, see the changes we want to see in the food system. That, okay. That provides an excellent transition into something that I am really interested in asking you about because you've built such a sustainable food company and you talk about um, leading this like, um, image of what you want to see more of in the food world um, and creating a market for sustainability and sustainable food and sustainable practices. And I think another interesting facet of sustainability is the equity surrounding good food. Mm -hmm. um, like for example, homegrown is a sustainable business model that is available to, correct me if I'm wrong, more affluent audiences. You target areas of Seattle and Mercer Island. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts on inequities regarding the accessibility of sustainable food? I mean, it's a really tough problem to solve. Um, you know, I think it comes down to, you know, just the basics in my mind, at least it comes down to how do we get the products to a point where they're affordable for everybody? Um, and really that comes with scale. Um, we really, we really don't, but at the end of the day, you know, these businesses, 
aren't like so profitable that like there's a lot of margin to play with, you know, there's not a lot of yeah. room to like reduce price or kind of get into those areas. But I also sometimes think that um, people really underestimate, uh, you know, everyone's desire and ability to purchase food like at Homegrown. You know, we have yet to take the plunge on putting a, a Homegrown in, you know, an area that might seem less affluent. You know, we're in South Center Mall. I think that's probably the, the an area that pulls from a different demographic than most of our stores. Um, and we're not, in, we're not fully in areas where like we would be the only type of food like this, but you know, in South Center Mall, for instance, which is definitely pulling from a slightly different demographic than the rest of our stores, we still still see people coming into our stores and, and purchasing the product for sure. Okay. Um, well, I think it's awesome to hear that it's not only, it's not quite as pigeonholed of an audience as you think for homegrown sandwiches or as it appears to be. But I am also curious if you have a vision for making sustainable food like homegrown super available like other food. And if you think that it ever will be or what you think the future of sustainable food is. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think what, what it takes, right, is we need to have cutting edge companies I think more like we were in when we started, right? Where we were kind of the first people in the area trying to find this, create, you know, our product at our price point uh, that had the, these really solid sourcing standards behind it. As long as we continue to have companies like that kind of rolling the ball forward, you see kind of the more mainstream companies they have to follow, right? So things like, I don't know, Burger King having like an impossible burger, mm -hmm. right? Like that doesn't happen without having these other companies that are, are less accessible, but without having them kind of pull those bigger companies along. Um, you know, I think that unfortunately, like homegrown won't get to a scale where we're going to change the food system globally, right? We just won't be there. But if we can display to somebody like, hey, this is how you should source your food, and some sort and some executive at McDonald's is like, hey, let's do the same thing they're doing. That's a massive change, right? And that, you know, that's I think where the, the impacts will come uh, more than you know, kind of these smaller businesses. But this, the smaller businesses are definitely leading the way. Yeah, I totally agree. And I asked you even earlier about, oh, if is there an organic produce section in QFC when you were younger? Like there are grocery stores like Whole Foods and Met Market and what used to be New Seasons showing up and they've made it so that other grocery stores like QFC have organic produce sections and organic options and everything and more sustainable options because there's a market for it. And even further, like an example I really like, and you can tell me how accurate you think this is. Like when we saw Tesla come out with all these electric cars, it was this cutting edge, very expensive car that tailored to more affluent audiences because that's who could afford it. But now that it's become more popular and more mainstream, a lot of other car manufacturers have started making electric cars because they know that there's an audience for it. Do you see kind of homegrown similarly and other smaller sustainable food options similarly? Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly kind of the phenomenon I'm talking about. I think with tesla for instance right the biggest hurdle is how cheap can they make batteries right once they figure out that technology that kind of opens up the cheaper electric car same thing for us and a good story to think about is when we started homegrown we had a flank steak sandwich that steak sandwich 
was sourced in a certain way. It was from grass-fed beef, organic grass-fed beef. And at the time, with only two or three restaurants, I don't know how many we had at the time, we were going through so much, quote, so much grass-fed beef that our vendor said, look, we don't have any more cattle that meet this, this standard. And now I could get an unlimited supply of grass-fed beef. But at the time, they're really like, like, well, there's, we only have like 200 cows. There's only two flanks on each cow. Like, this is it for the year type of thing. And so you need, yeah, you need those smaller companies to kind of roll the ball forward so that the suppliers step up and say, yeah, like, okay, we're going to start making the products this way because we know there's a market for it. Wow. And this change seems like it's happening so fast, which is very inspiring to see. Like, at the beginning, having a limit and now unlimited, you say, uh, amount of grass-fed beef. That, that's super- I mean, cool. I wouldn't, I guess it's not unlimited, but well, to yeah. scale. Like we couldn't exhaust it, I guess, you know, it's a point. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. do like infinite cows, but I don't know. I think talking about the future of sustainable food is super cool. And if you look at growth over the past like 10 years, it's insane. Um, and I think in more in more recent times, something that I've seen Homegrown doing with adaptability is tailoring your business to COVID by offering meal kits. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is kind of a sharp transition, but I wanted to hear you speak a little bit more on it because I think that's a super adaptive, innovative thing to do. Yeah, I think what, so what we've done, you know, over the years with Homegrown is we've tried to find ways to connect with our customer, right? And ultimately that means meeting your customer where they are. And during COVID, obviously, they're not going out as much. You know, fortunately for us during COVID, a lot of people were stuck at home and we have a lot of stores near their homes. So that, that actually was, was, it was just an interesting dynamic, kind of seeing our sales shift from the downtown stores to the suburban stores. But at the same time, it's kind of gotten us to realize that we want to create meal solutions for people that meet our sourcing standards that are easy to make at home. So all of our meal, meal kits, for instance, are 20 minutes or less. And they're really super easy because they're built on a backbone of this sourcing that we've built with Homegrown where, hey, we're going to get you a sandwich in five minutes. So we know how to kind of set that up. So we've just tried to apply that kind of efficiency to the home cooking, which has been really fun, really fun to see. I think there's a lot of growth there. People want to understand, you know, people want to cook, but people don't have two hours to cook a gourmet meal, right? They also... I think the other thing about meal kits, which is really cool in my mind, is food waste, is that since everything's portioned, right, um, as long as we're doing our controls on our side in, in a thoughtful way, uh, you don't end up with a half a bag of carrots left over or like uh, some lettuce or herbs or things that people buy for one recipe, but then they have a bunch they don't have to do it. Um, so I think that that's also kind of a fun angle that also kind of ties into our mission. Yeah. I love that with every answer you give, the, the values of homegrown shine through meeting these ethical standards no matter what and figuring out ways to innovate while also maintaining that sustainability. Um, shows how, how awesome of a brand it is. Appreciate that. To move more broadly as we start to reach the end of our interview, I'm a student at MIHS and I'm planning on going into business in college and beyond. And I think there are lots of budding entrepreneurs um, at MIHS. And this is a big question, but I'm wondering what your biggest tip is as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think the biggest, the, there's two, I think two tips I, I have for, for entrepreneurs. One is like, you got to love it. Yeah. Cause, cause especially at the beginning, cause 
you're going to be stuck doing all the things that you don't love, right? Like, I don't know, running payroll, cutting checks, like things that you just like all the dirty work that when you're a small company, you're going to just, as an entrepreneur, you're going to end up doing that stuff. So you have to be fulfilled enough by like the product you're selling or the service that you're developing or, or whatever um, to make up for like those other kind of nitty gritty stuff that when you're small, like they're just, they have to get done. So they, you know, you end up doing them at 10 PM when you get home from work or whatever. So that's one thing is like, you got to love it. And then I think the other thing just that it took a long time for, for me to learn is like know when to ask for help or hire somebody. It's going to take a while to like, recognize what your strengths are but then once you realize what your strengths are don't pretend that you're strong at everything like just find the right person to do to do other things the things that you're not good at or not passionate about is ultimately it might seem expensive at the time but you know if you bring those people on earlier it's just going to help you advance your idea or your business um, quicker well thank you that is sounds like great advice and I mean, I, I think hearing from people like you who've done it, you're the, you're the proof that, you know, you know, what works, um, you have so much experience and wisdom. I don't know what works yet, but we're, we're certainly trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, last question. Cause I know we're almost out of time. If you're going to homegrown right now, what mm. do you order? You know, I'm pretty classic. I get a turkey bacon avocado. It's our best seller. It's always been on the menu. It's always been our best seller. Uh, so there's a reason it's just really good. And it's, it's kind of comfort food really. And then outside of that, you know, I think matcha chicken bowl is really good too. And, uh, also one of our top sellers. And I'm, I'm also a huge fan of the breakfast sandwiches. I think we're underrated on breakfast. I think that's something that everyone needs in their life. So. Yes. I also think every item at homegrown is good. So anyone listening, take his advice, head over to homegrown grab one of the things that he likes best or anything on the menu. Before we end off, do you have any other thoughts, anything else you want to expand on that we didn't touch on earlier or anything else you want to tell our listeners? No, I mean, I just think from a food system perspective, I think it's just important for people to be thoughtful about what they're putting in their mouths, not just from a nutritional standpoint, but from also like, what is that product doing? What are the ancillary costs or benefits to that product? So I think that's just something that I think people should always be thinking about. And then, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, you know, I think a lot of people have and will tell entrepreneurs that their idea is crazy, but um, as long as you're crazy enough to believe in it, you know, I think it's got a shot. So um, I think that's something that people that want to get into business should, you know, should take to heart as well. Well, awesome then I think that is a great place to end off. And this has been really, really fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, go Islanders. Uh, yeah. This has been Eden on 88.9 The Bridge, joined here today with Brad Gillis, co-founder and CEO of Homegrown. Head over to Homegrown and get yourself some food. It's guaranteed to be good. I hope you have a great rest of your day and thank you for listening.